Hi guys, welcome to The Midline, hosted by me, Haya Ahmed, where I give insight on different topics and social global issues from the perspective of a young Muslim Asian American. In the last episode, we talked about the older mind, or the mind of the generations that came before us. So in this episode, we're going to talk about our generation, the younger minds, and how we cope with the things that have been thrown at us, and how we process it. This is stuff that you guys might be familiar with, essentially, but I'm going to put it into words because i'm guessing a lot of us have so many different emotions and a lot of things to say but just not the right way to say it i'm gonna try to formulate whatever we feel into words um and i know it's really hard and it's you know it's not it's not an easy life that we've all led um and we're gonna try talking about that today as always feel free to drop a follow on my socials at the midline podcast where you can comment share and give me ideas of perspectives for future episodes. I would love to hear your feedback and talk about topics you guys are interested in. Okay, to preface everything that I'm about to say, um, I I had to look up the def well, I had to look up the ages of a millennial um, to be sure, and it starts from 1981 and ends 1996. And at least for me, uh, 1981 is like when my mom was born and i am not talking about them or her anyone of her age right now so i'm specifically speaking about millennials that were born 1990s 1991 92 and onward and then including gen z which gen z is from 1996 to 2010 so um so this is this episode is kind of solely dedicated and you know focused around all of us those ages and areas i'm sorry if you were off by a year but i mean this may not be the most accurate depiction is i'm i'm gonna put that as a warning out there uh it's the closest i can get or at least i hopefully i can attempt to get at this um again harping on the fact that i am the first gen of two immigrant parents so because of that and the eldest daughter of a desi family brown family um, I, I, so far I've harped a lot on the first one and the second one, you guys are going to hear a lot more about my, about me being the eldest daughter. It, it has yet to come. Um, but so we did, uh, mention or not mention, but we did really talk about how our parents and anyone in that generation and ones older than that have a hard time coping between coming into America or like immigrating from their home country to another specifically America, and, you know, trying to understand both kind of identities. And this is our version of that. Because um, I think a lot of people think it's so much easier because we're, we're American kids. We're, you know, American-born, American blood, raised. Um, and I think what the common misconception is that for us, it's so much easier um, because obviously our parents struggled and we've talked about that, but, you know, now that we're born here and, you know, we've gone through their school system and their workplaces, workforces, all of that, we have it so much easier to get in there and, you know, be more successful, which partially it is true. It is. Um, we understand the system much better. We understand, you know, kind of all the different moving parts, but it's still, difficult because we because for the same reason is that we understand it so well um 
and I'm actually really happy I started this podcast when I did because um, it was not in the midst of uh, the BLM movement, but I mean, we're still feeling all of the aftershocks and, and it's still, and it's still going on. But I think that kind of brought to the face front of how like racial inequality is so, so deeply integrated in this country. Um, and what makes it difficult is that us as the younger minds, as the younger kids, well, kids, most of us are, or hopefully most of us that are listening to this are, you know, young adults, adults, but we understand that that stuff is prevalent in our country. And that's what makes it really hard for us to get the same, same treatment as people who do not have to feel, um, the, that, that type of repercussions, um, because, and I know this is going to really hit a sore nerve for um, a lot of people because I had, I had, when I had thought about it, I was like, wow, how could you even think of that? But the thing is, there are, there are two, I guess, groups of people who do not feel the racial um, inequality that is in this country. And that is the people who are privileged, who these racial inequalities are not against. Um, and, you know, be who that, you know, may be, we all know, but them and our parents, our, anyone who has immigrated here. And this is, okay, before, before anyone, I mean, I'm here talking to myself, but I'm saying before anyone tries to talk to me about this, this is what I'm going to say. It affected them, but they did not feel it, is what I'm saying it affects us and we feel it as younger minds it affects us and we feel it but with them it did affect them but they weren't able to feel it as much even okay i will say this if they did feel it they do not feel it as much as we have and this is the reason why and of course this is for majority but i'm not talking about all because this is this is why especially um with and Again, I'm speaking strictly for brown folks from what I've seen so far who, especially minority within a minority, Muslims, um, Hindus, you know, any of us that aren't predominantly Christian or like, you know, just not, not even Christian, just not predominantly exactly what everything in our community is. So with them, when they came here, and I know I'm kind of going back before uh going back to the last episode before i kind of talk about us but going back with them when they came here they came with whatever they were taught in their home country whatever they were you know raised and brought up there coming here for most not infinitely better but their conditions improved much by a lot their conditions did improve so because of that, if they would have been working as something else completely different back at home or in India, for me specifically India, and then they came here and they have, a, if they have a job that pays much more and that is much higher in ranking status, whatever it is in America, than they would have in India, that's better for them. No matter how, no matter how, whatever type of, I don't know, whatever type of job it is here and whatever type of quote-unquote ranking it is here. Um, 
not CEO, not like high executive board, just, you know, your, your own kind of whatever call it worker, right? But the conditions here are so much better than what they are at back at home that for them, it didn't matter what rank, I guess, it was here as long as they got a job here. Um, and again, this is what I'm saying from the amount of research and talking I have done within my community that it's so, you know, you can go back home and brag that you have a job in America and no one will care what it is. It's that you have a job in America and that's huge. And then there's no more to that. Um, you're They're content. They're happy with what they have because they were essentially told to survive in that way. And for us, it's it's not like that. We are born and raised here. And that is one thing that our parents really pride ourselves or pride themselves, sorry, pride themselves in is that they have kids that are born and raised in America. And because of that, their kids are going to become exceptional because they have the genes from, from, you know, people of a different country, genes from the homeland, but they were born and raised in the country of opportunity of, you know, life and all of that, blah, blah, blah. But as we're born and raised here and we have gone through schools, we we see the news, we're on social media, it's unavoidable. We know that there is so, so much racial inequality. Um, and as I was saying before, the BLM movement really brought that to, to the front. Um, we've all known it, but it really, really came head first uh, last year. And... Um, through that, then a lot of people have started talking about how they have been, um, you know, racially profiled, how they have been, you know, just it, so many different, so many different problems and issues. Um, and it's because we've have we've started to give ourselves the voice that our parents didn't know that they needed. But now we're kind of providing because um, now we're talking mostly about ourselves. We want we're essentially trying to lead on the dream that our parents have for us that they want their kids to be the gra- the greatest, the best. But we understand that in order for that to happen, we need to start dismantling parts of the system that won't allow that to happen. Um, and that's why it's so much harder for us because we're feeling and we know we are feeling the effects of the inequality in this country and it it's so hard to do anything about it because it's been here for so long and the fact that our parents kind of dealt with that un, dealt with it unconsciously and now we're dealing with it consciously um is part of the issue because they let it slide and so the issue is now is why aren't we letting it slide and so that's why i see so many um people of color that are really really taking this issue in their own hands because i mean that it's it's our future and it's on top of that we have to we're trying we're trying our best Uh, and that's something that really really you know kind of goes under the radar is that we all are really and truly trying our best and it's it's not giving us really or i mean it is but it's not you know fulfilling our exact needs and desires that 
we're trying to truly accomplish. And everything does take time um, because, you know, we're always taught, you know, have patience, have virtue. Blah, blah, blah. But it, there's a, a one point where especially, and I have I, noticed um, for a lot of people I follow, um, you know, they kind of have in their comments, like, you know, they, they post um, all, you, you know, the big meme accounts that are, you know, they post really funny memes, but like their captions are like, you know, um, I, I feel the darkness entrapping me, da, 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 and you're like, oh, like, I was just here for the meme. Okay, are you okay? Um, and I realized that a lot of us kind of, we're, we're really exhausted to our bones. Like we, there's a lot for us to shoulder and it's not, I guess, because a lot of people take that as bragging, like, oh, you know, you think you're first gen and you have you know, so many responsibilities and you're overworked and you're like, that's your one point of quote unquote pride that you're able to handle so much stress. No, that's not how it works. That's not what we're proud of. It's something that is so burdening and just hurtful for the, especially in the long run, especially in the long run, because a lot of people don't feel it earlier on, but then later on, you're like, okay, I feel like as if I haven't lived my life fully. And because of that, as I was saying, you know, and I know I was low-key kind of making fun of those meme accounts, but it's so prevalent in our generation to feel so lost. And we do end up seeing a lot of people who are really successful and, you know, oh, you know, at the age of like, you know, 17, 18, they've already done this and that and this and that. Um, and I don't know, It's it feels like you haven't done much except really attempting to do a lot um but not really getting anything out of it and the rates of depression and anxiety and all these mental illnesses in communities of color that have you know majority population of people of color is so high no one ever talks about it because in these communities it's taboo to talk about it or not even taboo because taboo seems like a really like old word that you use for other countries but no one you know and i said that in the last in the last um episode where you know it's really hard to talk about having mental illnesses but i mean you can't just walk into your house and be like hey yo mom dad i got depression no it still doesn't work here because we we talked about in the last episode that they don't they can't react to it the way that it needs to be reacted and that's also another issue that we have to go through is that not getting the comfort that we need in our own households because of the and it's not our parents fault it's the it's the fault of the generations who don't know how to properly care for this stuff and it's also not again not the fault of our parents because they do not really understand how how to how to really cope with their child you know saying that they're not you know they're not mentally okay um and we know about that because we live in america we were born and raised here and because we know that we expect our parents to know that but they don't and that's what hurts the most um it really does and no matter how much we try to educate our own parents are and then and it'll take time you know i feel like um uh, as as our generations start growing older and older um because again we don't we don't have a lot of data to go off of because we are the generation that needs that data 
um, and and that will provide that data. So it's really just an experiment for every single one of us of how our parents are going to change and react as we grow older. But it'll take time. And I feel like, because I've seen generation not generations, but my older cousins or older, older friends that I have that are now like that are now married and, you know, you know, going to have their own kids or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, yeah, like mom and dad, they really mellowed out. Like, you know, I think it's because like now they don't have to stress as much and blah, 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 blah. Um, And again, it's different for everybody's family. But I feel like the older that you get, they understand that you have more experience in a country that they're not still no matter how how long that they've been here, they're not still 100 percent familiar with. So that's. That's for us. That's that's kind of where I'm setting this. It's a, this is a long, you know, kind of setting setting down the grounds for this episode. Um, but I and I, I've pointed this out that we just it's not a, having a hard time fitting in. Um, that's another thing I've seen a lot of people within our communities, and I do actually kind of look and make fun of us as well when we do this. Is that um, our main point? Of, of pride and I know I've said that as well um, but our main like kind of focal point about ourselves is that we are um, you know American and we're, we're whatever whatever country we're from um, I've seen all the Instagram bios with the different flags um, and I, I have never done it no hate on anyone who actually does do it I have never done it because I don't want to put the American flag and the Indian flag next to each other um, and then kind of put a spin on other people's minds like oh i thought you were arab i thought i thought you were from the uh syria or the palestine whatever they call it and of course no hate to anyone who actually does it um but i do see that most of our generation is now trying to like conform i guess and they and and i don't blame them because it is uh it is easier to conform to kind of this society standards and really not not really lose what you've had you know culturally like heritage wise um but just not utilize it as much and it is easier and i really i i don't blame them for the most part because if you want to achieve the dreams that or the plans or whatever you want to call it that you know your parents have set for you you've set for yourself in in an extension of what your parents want for you whatever it is um it's easier to just be one with the system that you're with rather than you know push against the gradient um and again makes sense and it really does um and if we're going back to the flag thing quickly i just remember seeing a video of this guy like he made a skit and um he was just pretending to be this girl who put a flag like an armenian or something flag um in her quote-unquote her instagram bio because um her dad had said that they were related to um their their they had not related they had a cousin who had like a cat or a dog or something that was from armenia so she's like oh my god like i'm part armenian uh and i just think that was funny um and obviously, that was to make fun of those who put flags in their bios. And 
I guess, I don't know, for the second or third time, no hate for anyone who does that. I'm just saying that it's it actually Loki kind of makes me happy, I guess, when I see it. Because I'm like, at least they can they understand that they identify as, um, you know, whatever socially, culturally heritage that they have. Um, even though that's funny because I don't put that. So I could be just judging any, anyone that I've seen based on that. Um, but... Like I like I was saying, it's so much easier to not just go with the gradient in this country and kind of achieve the level where then you can say, hey, you know, I've gotten this position and I'm, you know, a first gen, you know, kid here and, you know, my parents weren't able to achieve this and I am because of, you know, whoever's hard work was involved. But it's it's through that i think a lot of us also lose our identity um as a whole and that's something that we all struggle with is once once we've been raised in this country it's so hard to really i don't want to say fit in because a lot of us do fit in but um try to balance out i think that's better really balance everything between trying to keep whatever morals and you know whatever kind of values that our parents put upon us because of their cultural values and um an extension to ours and then on top of that live in a society that won't completely 100 percent accept us until said society changes itself um, I know this is kind of getting a little fake deep or whatever it is, but there and it's and whenever people think that when people say, hey, it's really hard for me, you know, to get stuff done because of racial inequality or whatever, people think it's an automatic like, OK, you know, you have been specifically hated against you have been like you as that individual, not you as somebody who is you know, someone with a non-American, you know, non-United States cultural background, but somebody who is an individual person who went into school, went into work, went to, into a social place and was pointed directly at and socially, uh, not socially, sorry, racially profiled. Uh, that's what a lot of people end up thinking. And that's not the way anyone should be thinking. Um and here's my example for this is this is kind of curve curving not exactly to our specific topic for today's episode but kind of it, it'll get there but if you see people of colors positions and i think everyone knows this. as i said this is stuff that a lot of us know because we were again raised to know this stuff but you will see generally people of color having lower position jobs and it's and i mean like i said we know that but lower position jobs and they're not really fighting for it fighting for a better job having better education and all of that and that's why we are so pushed for having a better education but and it's lower paying jobs that people are like, oh, but you at least have a job. You know, there's so many million Amer of Amer Americans, even privileged, but racially privileged Americans who don't have jobs and stuff. And of course, you know, 
that is what it is. But for people who have, oh my God, I, I, I mean, I don't hate seeing posts, but it saddens me actually when I see a post that are like about people who work in different various areas of either the entertainment industry or, um, you know, the finance, the finance industry, uh, any type of industry in America. And they're usually working jobs that are lower paying, but they have degrees that are so much higher paying that could give them better jobs. But it's because they're just racially profiled, even though it's not specifically said they're racially profiled in this system. And a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, but maybe they just don't meet all the qualifications and all that. I mean, but the fact that out of so many, so many opportunities in whatever industry that they're that they're not getting a single job that at least is kind of in their in their worth in their whatever that they have earned for is really, really, really heartbreaking. Um, and again, I see a lot of actually, I see a lot of these people who are actually getting places that I can tell that they have worked for so hard. And it, again, and this is going to be probably my motto for my whole podcast. Everything takes time and it does and it does. But it really, it really like, you know, frustrates, especially people of color when you know that it's so much harder, you have to also reach the obstacle of your race. And it's sad to say, but your race, your ethnicity, your culture is an obstacle for first generation millennials, Gen Z, whatever it is. It is a huge obstacle that we are trying to break. And that is why it is so much harder here. Um, mentally, physically, whatever everyone is fighting their own fight um and millennials and gen z are just kind of fighting a little bit harder because and i want to also say for millennials and gen z specifically because on that at that point it's not even race and ethnicity but it's also our generations millennials and gen z um everyone and i'm 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 so sure everyone has seen the the posts about millennials are ruining this millennials are ruining that gen z i'm just waiting for more and more um articles about how gen z is ruining whatever they're ruining but i'm seeing all of and we've seen that and they're so dumb some of them are actually fake articles but there's some that are like genuinely so like they're they're actual published articles by big excuse me, my big news companies that you're like, you know, you're the people that make life so much harder than it needs to be. Um, I, I don't know. I don't understand why, why baby boomers. Um, I don't call it. I mean, I guess I've used okay boomer a few times, but that's it. Um, but older generations, generations I'm talking about from, from the last episode, actively try to make it harder i don't know if they're doing it unconsciously consciously whatever it is but it's so irritating um that no one's really realizing how hard how much harder we have to work um as the generations that we are and i can't even go into specifics because there's so many so much in the work in the workforce in the workplace 
we need so many so many more hours of of experience um so many different industries of experience um i when i was job hunting um and i had found one job that i really really wanted because it would have um gotten me uh it would have actually essentially um hit two birds with one stone because i also need clinical hours um to get my master's and or to get into the school for my master's and i was like okay this is perfect and it turns out that this job you also need to have um what do you call it like experience in so many different industries like in retail and in customer service and all that i was like why what like i don't know and and it's an entry-level job and i was like where do you expect me to get any of this this entry level um and then on top of that as i had just mentioned um volunteer 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 hours clinical hours any type of hours people need in order to further their education to get the job that they want the career that they want um is also so much harder to do now because it's so much more competitive which i understand um because again our generation is kind of what and is kind of and is currently and was raised to be much more competitive because we knew that there's other kids of immigrants whose parents are backing them up the same exact way to get to the top because everyone wants to make a name for themselves um especially especially within um you know immigrant families um you know go out there be a doctor be an engineer be a lawyer whatever um be the next bill gates be the next you know bezos whatever it is and it's because of these so many of these expectations that aren't unfounded because and i've heard it from so many different parents that are they're all they want is kind of the return for their hard work and that's what they're really asking for is the return for their hard work um but they don't really realize how much of a burden it is for their kids they just want that return so they know that their work paid off their burden that was on their head can finally be paid off essentially and so many people because of these expectations end up having a love-hate relationship because they're not really able to comprehend the full scope and again this is not me playing devil's advocate this is me just trying to link last the last episode and this episode together um but and i understand that because i've there's so many times where i'm like why do i need to be good at math for no freaking reason i am never going to use um calculus based whatever in my life okay i am never ever going to use sokatoa in my life okay and then obviously all of us got that new um comeback like oh you don't think i'm gonna carry a calculator i was you didn't think i was gonna carry a calculator with me well guess what's on my phone and it's stuff like that that now we're like okay you guys need to stop having all these expectations you guys need to stop and and i hear and like i said i hear all the times people have so many so much love but also just kind of not hate i think hate is very strong just a lot of uh like i i i'm not i don't want to say hate but i can't really find another word that's not really strong but not exactly love for their parents um because you know it's like i love my mom but 
I feel like I I wasn't able to do, you know, dot, dot, dot because of all of this. Or I love my dad, but I was not able to whatever it is because of him. Um, and with that, we start seeing a drift from the kids or in this, and, and our generation who were first really, really connected and really, you know, rooted into our roots, into our culture, into whatever we have from before, kind of drifting away because that is kind of your link to your parents, is your culture. Um, yes, blood ties, yes, you're their kids, but the thing once, especially when you start growing older, the thing that's really, really holding you to them, when you kind of just burn it down to what it is, is your cultural roots. Um, especially, especially, and I've seen this uh, in so many, so many different cultures, and I'm, again, specifically going to talk about Desi culture, is that there's so much, so much family, family, like not bonding, not family bonding at all. <laughs> no, um, but family, family not time either. Oh, I'm out of words for today. Um, there's just a lot of, you know, family, okay, I'll say bonding, but just, you know, closeness. There's a net, a very tightly woven net of family in our culture, in our cultures that really, you know, entwine everyone together. That is solely the reason why you were, you know, at your parents' house even after 18 um again for the desi girls especially you know um not all of us end up moving out until we get married um which i think is unfortunate but we'll talk about that in another episode um but because of that and that's just the closeness of of how our parents were raised um and with that that those are kind of the last ties that you have with your parents with on your parents with their kids um, I hear all the time in our culture, oh my God, like, especially when they're in our, in our culture, in our community, um, when people are talking about other people in our community who have done things that are quote unquote out of the normal, like, oh my God, did you hear, you know, her daughter moved out like right after she graduated from high school. Isn't it that crazy? And I would be like, um, sure, I guess. No, not really. What do you want me to say? Um, because we're also used to these um, American people and, you know, in uh, Desi culture, especially from what I've seen in Desi culture, we don't really call white people white. I mean, we, I guess we do occasionally, but majority of the time I hear is we call them Americans, um, which is kind of dumb because if we're living here, we're also Americans. But they're like, oh, look at that, like, American dude or it's kind of gotten less now, but earlier when I was younger, you'd hear like, oh my God, these Americans and like, but aren't we American? Um, but it, you would see all the, all like, you know, other families who are not really have any cultural ties, cultural background, whatever, you know, anyone that was, you know, who has parents who were born and raised here as well, blah, blah. And they're, you know, letting their kids move out. And that's so like huge. Oh my God, how could you do this? You know? You let your kids just leave the house, blah, blah, like stuff like that. That's not normal here in our culture, in our communities or whatever, that because of that, we are so stuck with, okay, well, I mean, I want to, 
I want to, you know, be independent and all of that, but I'm so dependent on our parents, so dependent on how we were raised that it's ruined me, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, once your roots to your culture has started to kind of erode, it's kind of started to erode away from your parents as well. And because of that, um, that is turned into a whole nother problem of, okay, now that I'm not, you know, dependent on whoever I'm not dependent of, you know, what am I going to do now? But that's a whole nother thing. But if we're really boiling it down, I think I said burn it down earlier. I meant boil it down. Again, <laughs> if we're boiling it down to the basics, because I feel like out of all the episodes, this episode for me was so just all over it. Really, really all over it. And I know I say that in every episode, that all my episodes are all over the place. But I think this one, I didn't really have any script or traction because I felt like I knew what I was going to say. But I I don't know how to put all of this in, in a, a certain amount of words or a certain amount of time that is perfectly defined. Um, so I feel like out of all of the episodes, this one was kind of the one that's really all over the place because I I... I, I don't think we can put young millennials and Gen Z in 40 minutes of of talking, of speaking. And I think I would have done better if I had somebody else with me. Um, that will be in later episodes. Uh, hopefully I can start getting other people on here. But I'm getting off track. We do not, we, we do not even have a specific type of... Um, I like phrasing for how we all feel at this point. We, a lot of us at my age, just feel lost. There's, we were expecting, um, especially for my class, who we all just graduated, we were all expecting kind of a big, huge kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm transforming into my, my true self once I got into college or whatever I'm doing post, um, post what do you call it um high school not i don't i mean not even college but once high school was over i was really expecting kind of like a you know a dead weight kind of lift away from me um i don't i i don't know if it was just because i graduated online that it didn't feel like that but um i really was and it's not just me because i do actually when i do go on social media i end up not really going on the on my like main page of like who I'm following, which I know a lot of people would find dumb, but I I I would okay. So I will not brag about myself, but one point that I really like about me is that I'm not really affected by what people post on social media because I know that it took a lot of work, whatever. There's a lot of stuff going in the background, and everyone says that all the time, but not everyone's able to internalize it. And I'm lucky enough that I'm able to do that, whatever it is. Sometimes though, it does get to me, and I do see a lot of people from my class that are actually really successful now they look genuinely much more happier than they did in high school they're getting places in in college or you know whatever they're doing after high school um and i'm like what did you do to feel that way or get there and you know i achieve the happiness you're achieving right now than you were in high school and whatever point of time and again social media is a horrible thing it's horrible it's terrible um, everyone say it's bad for you. It's actually horrible for you. You, it's, it genuinely sucks. It's horrible, disgusting, terrible. Again, later on in another episode, but we unconsciously have put so much 
expectation on ourselves as well. Um, obviously, always put yourself up for a challenge. Don't burden yourself to the point that you can't you can't accept your own failures. And that's our issue is that we end up piling so much on our plate, so much on our plate that and and we can't handle it. We just we just realize that we shouldn't have down the lanes. Like in a few years from now, they're going to realize that, hey, I should not have done that. And that's why I have done this and this and this and this. Um, I remember thinking so, uh, two, I think two years ago or whatever, three years ago, when I had first found out that cigarettes and like nicotine and all that used to actually actually be approved by doctors and specialists and all of them. They're like, hey, you know, take it. You'll be fine. You know, that's like, you know, the, the solution to all your problems type of thing. And it used to be approved by specialists, medical specialists, by whatever. And then 30 years down the lane, once all of the stuff started kicking in for nicotine and all of them, they realized that, hey, maybe that crap is bad for you and then you know we all know what's up with cigarettes now i feel like especially for our ages who have been so overworked in this society not just by our parents i know i've been really harping about our parents about this but i think in especially in american education system is also really messed up it's so messed up and you know we're all overworked we all have all these expectations that we have put on ourselves because of society standards that that years down the lane when they start doing research on all of us um when we're in our you know late 20s and our 30s and they're gonna be like yo like they're this is not what we should have done uh it's gonna be and like i was saying yeah i said about the cigarette thing this is what i'm saying now is that you don't for cigarettes it took 30 years for all of the stuff to start kicking in all of you know the the effects of that and that's how they realized that, you know, it was bad. And I feel like that's what they're going to figure out in a few years that especially, and I said, going back to this, especially kids who are first gen, first gen kids. And they're going to realize, hey, they're, I don't want to say messed up, but they're, they're not okay. And here's the reason why. And, and again, it's going to be better for the upcoming generation's you know that we have whatever it is but it's it is going to hurt and i think we all should be braced for that we're gonna because we've all been saying it we've all been saying it um that hey we don't need to be over tested we don't need to have all the expectations we need to um create a system a governmental system in which we are able to live and thrive in all of these different things that I have talked about in this mess, in this complete mess of an episode. Um, and we're, we've been saying it. So when they realize that, hey, maybe maybe we should have listened to them. That's when it's going to hurt. But at least it's going to start making a change. Um, and with that, I mean, I hope, really and truly hope, as I really wrap up this episode, because I don't think I really addressed anything specifically, but just kind of essentially this, this episode is what I would, I would say is the discourse 
of the turmoil of emotions and you know feelings and everything that our generations late millennial and gen z have um that kind of summarizes whatever this episode is of uh, this whirlwind of an episode um but i generally hope that everyone is doing well and know that no matter what you do you're still loved appreciated and wanted in this world by at least one person me and you're not a failure even if you think you are you're not because you've made it this far in life you've accomplished a lot and you've made it this far to at least listen to this podcast and hopefully feel better about yourself so you are not a failure you are a great and wonderful person and you're appreciated once again thank you for joining me on this episode of the midline i hope that you gained some insight and learned something in this session as always feel free to drop a follow on my socials at the midline podcast where you can comment, share, and give me feedback on how I did, anything you want to add to the topic to today, and any new ideas of new perspectives that you would like for me to talk about. I hope to catch you guys in the next episode. Bye! Mm-hmm.